It's unnecessary roughness. A devotion to destiny. Misfits to champions. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. Stanley Cup championship in Golden Knights history comes in their sixth season. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. What a way to start the show with the championship call for a championship show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's holding it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio today. I will be out and about on Friday. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. Excited about the location I'll be on Friday, and I definitely encourage everyone to come hang out with your boy. But I'll, like I said, tell you about that later on in the show. But right there you heard the Vegas Golden Knights. You heard the final call. They are Stanley Cup champions. They won the cup. It's staying here in Las Vegas. Six years long, six years strong. They got it done, and now they're champions. Another championship is in the city of Las Vegas. Very excited about not only what we saw last night, not only the run that the Stanley or the Stanley Cup Finals for Vegas Golden Knights, but also just excited about all the fans around the country, all the fans here in Las Vegas. They got to see and witness what happened with the Golden Knights. And, man, there's a lot of folks talking about Las Vegas as a sports hub now right they're talking about the sports that go on in las vegas they're not talking about the nightlife the parties the strip the gambling they're talking about the aces the golden knights all the different sports that are taking place the raiders right there's all kind of conversation when it comes to sports now here in las vegas and as long as there's trophies that keep on coming this way it's going to be really a lot of fun to continue to talk about and monitor, but a hell of a job by the Golden Knights as they sealed the deal in Game 5 at T-Mobile Arena last night. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have plenty to get to on today's show, plenty of good guests to get to on the show, including Ed Grady from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He normally joins us on Mondays, but he's been really, really deep into the Golden Knights and, and been traveling with the team and monitoring everything the team has done. And so uh, we'll talk to Ed Graney coming up at 2.30. He'll tell us what this championship means for the city, talk about, you know, the whole journey of, of what they've gone on from day one when they were, uh, you know, when they were conceived six years ago to where they are right now. And, of course, we'll dip into some Raider conversation as well with Ed Graney, good friend of the show, coming up at 2.30. 3 o'clock, Ari Mayrob from 33rdteam.com. Uh, he'll talk all things NFL with us. As there's a lot of storylines, even though it's mid-June, even though I know there's mandatory minicamps going on and it's kind of the, the time of year where you say, oh, it's a slow time, there's nothing going on, the NFL is a machine. And it keeps on churning out storyline after storyline after storyline. And the big one right now is the whole Stephon Diggs situation in Buffalo. And I'll tell you straight up, I have no idea what the hell's going on there. I am so confused by that situation. He's in town. He goes and has a physical. His head coach, Sean McDermott, says he's not there, says he's very concerned. Then today he's there, and Sean McDermott basically say, makes it sound like it's not a big deal, and he's done everything that he was supposed to do, and everything is all good. But that's completely different than what he said the day before. So that's a, that's a head-scratcher. But uh, that's just one of the storylines that are going on in the NFL as there are mandatory minicamps going on. DeAndre Hopkins – of course, he's in New England visiting with the Patriots. Uh, of course, the running backs, we've been talking a lot about the running backs in, in general lately with Saquon Barkley and his situation with his contract. It appears that the pre-franchise tag deals back on the table for Saquon, which is about $14 million. And I have to admit, 
$14 million a year is, is pretty stinking good for a running back right now, especially when you think the franchise tag is $10 million guaranteed. That's, that's not too bad if you can get a $14 million a year contract at the running back position right now. So I don't know what Saquon's going to end up doing. Of course, we're paying attention to what Josh Jacobs is doing. Dalvin Cook is out there as a guy that was recently released from the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll talk to Ari about the running back position, all the storylines going on in the NFL, mandatory minicamp that's going on, and maybe some players that could be signing sooner rather than later, including one Marcus Peters, who actually we'll talk to our next guest about when it comes to Marcus Peters, and that's Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He put out a piece on The Athletic, just kind of an offseason roundup. Him and Tashawn Reed, they kind of collaborated. Raiders offseason takeaways, latest on Jimmy G, Chandler Jones, and Marcus Peters. And basically, he said that it looks like the Raiders are going to sign Marcus Peters sometime before training camp, which to me is kind of a surprise. Right, but Vic is obviously in the know. Tashawn's in the know. They talk to people that I don't talk to. Right, I just I'm not one of those guys that goes and has sources and is digging deep. I'm not an investigator. Look, all I do is report what's out there. Right, and so uh, seeing that from Vic makes me feel pretty comfortable that Marcus Peters will probably be a member of the Raiders sooner rather than later. I thought, and this was just me, I thought that they would wait till training camp. They kind of go through what they already you know have, see what they have when, once it's training camp, and they're all they're all there consistently and then make a decision on, okay, do we need to bring a veteran in or not? And maybe they've already made that decision based off what they saw in mandatory minicamps and in OTAs. But uh, Vic and his piece basically lets it be known that Marcus Peters will be a, a Raider, most likely will be a Raider sooner rather than later. So we'll talk to Vic Tafer coming up at 3.30. Then Cam Rogers, Believe Podcast Network, he'll join us at 4 o'clock. He is a golf expert. He is the golf dude, and I'm not a golf expert at all. I'm a Tiger Woods guy. I'll be the first to tell you. And I'll tell anybody, I have no problem with that. I am a Tiger Woods guy. So when Tiger's there, I'm, I'm locked in. But the U.S. Open, it gets started tomorrow. Tiger is not in. So I'm going to get everyone caught up who is a golf guy. And I'm, and I'm good with that, right? I mean, we don't have to be, you know, diehards in every single sport to be able to talk about it. So that's why I'll bring on a, a guy who's an expert to talk about the U.S. Open, talk about the storylines going on in golf, including the PGA and the Live Tour coming together, including the commissioner all of a sudden coming up with the illness and I say illness in air quotes that's very Urban Meyer like but uh, we'll talk to Cam Rogers from the Bleed Podcast Network golf expert at four o'clock get you up to date on all things U.S. Open and I do have a couple names that I want to throw at him and see what he thinks about where they're going to place in this uh, U.S. Open and <laughs> it's funny the, the reason I do this is because I, I do a show every single morning with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, and he joins us on Fridays during the football season just to give us some, some betting lines and some storylines to look forward to throughout the course of the NFL weekend. He'll join us again in the fall when it's football season, but uh, he had a, we had a play today, bet a little, win a lot for the U.S. Open. Sahith Sigala to finish in the top 20 at plus 260, which is really good value, really good value. And so Lee gave me a little bit of a backstory on uh, Sahid Sagala and let me know that he's actually a Southern California kid and he's a guy that has played this, uh, this course many times and is actually up and coming. So he believes that he can finish in the top 20 and that plus 260 is a really good bet. So that's one that I'm definitely going to ask him about just to kind of see what he thinks as well. So uh, Cam Rogers, Believe Podcast Network, will join us at 4 o'clock. Then 4.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She joins us each and every Wednesday. We always talk aces with her, which we'll do that. We'll talk aces, but we'll also talk Vegas Golden Knights because she was there. She was at T-Mobile Arena. She was at Toshiba Plaza. And I'll tell you this. 
I was doing a radio show last night. I was doing Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. I was filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. I do that quite a bit. I'll be doing that again this evening. Shameless plug. So uh, if you're listening to ESPN Las Vegas, you can uh, check me out around 6 o'clock Pacific time. But again, shameless plug for the show. I was doing that show last night, and me and Freddie are talking about every single, you know, different sporting line. It's all kind of good stuff, you know, on the show. And every time I looked up at the TV and we were watching the, the Golden Knights, just seeing all the fans that were inside and outside of the arena was amazing. I mean, it just blew my mind. There was 18,000-plus inside of T-Mobile, but there had to be ten to 12,000 outside. I was like, holy bleep. Like, that is a lot of fans that are in attendance. I know my man Vegas Jess, I kind of made a joke about it on yesterday's show that he was going to head down to Toshiba Plaza. He told me just come join him. Yeah, apparently everyone heard Vegas Jess say, come join me, because everybody was down there. And shout out to him. Why not? Right? I mean, that's, that's awesome to be able to be a part of that, see history being made here in Las Vegas. So uh, it was just, I got to give hats off to all the fans that went out there and did their thing and enjoyed themselves and had a really good time. And from everything that I heard, everything went off smooth with no hitch, no problems, which is awesome because sometimes championships are won and people don't know how to act, right? You know, and it's funny. I've seen, I've seen championships won and fans go out there and celebrate in the streets and they do dumb stuff like they just lost. I'm like, wait, 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 you won, dummy. Like, what are you doing? Why are you destroying your own stuff? You won. Like, I've seen, you know, think. Couches being burned like they're in West Virginia or something. I'm like, wait, what, what the hell's going on? Man, you just won. What's wrong with you? But hats off to Vegas. Hats off to all the people that were manning the strip, all the people that were there at Toshiba Plaza, T-Mobile Arena. Uh, everyone did a hell of a job. And from all my understanding, everything went off without a hitch. Everything was safe. And uh, everyone just had a really good time. So shout out to them. But Paloma will join us to talk about the atmosphere, talk about her experience. She's been in Vegas for a, you know, a little bit longer than I have. And now all of a sudden there's back-to-back seasons with back-to-back championships, with the Aces winning last season, and now, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights winning this season in the NHL. So, uh, again, up next, you're up next, Raiders. You're on the clock, right? I mean, look, and I I say that, and people probably laugh and be like, yeah, right, and rolling their eyes, but look, championships are being won around you, right? Expectations should raise. Why not? Why, why should the expectations be any less than winning a championship? I'm not saying that they're going to go win one this year or they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl in their own stadium. I'm not saying that. But that should be the expectations. The Golden Knights owner, Bill Foley, said, hey, in six years, we're going to have a Stanley Cup final. No excuses, or we're going to win a Stanley Cup. No excuses. Those are the expectations. Those are the standards. He said that when they were, you know, when they, when they were conceived. Now, I know that there were some circumstances that helped them come to that, that like the, the, the expansion draft, and you know, some things went right, and they were very aggressive. They, were, as a team, were very aggressive and made some tough decisions, getting rid of some players uh, that, were, that were fan favorites to go ahead and bring in some other players that may have had a couple questions, may have took a couple risks here and there, but those risks paid off. And six years later, they're hoisting the Stanley Cup, and they celebrated all night long. They're probably still celebrating. So those should be the standards. So when I say, Raiders, you're up next, I'm, I'm, I'm dead-ass serious when I say that. Like, Raiders, you're up next. It's your turn. Go get it done. The Aces did it. The Golden Knights did it. You're on deck, right? I mean, in baseball, when they say, like, who, who's leading off? All right, Q, you're leading off. All right, you're up next. All right, Raiders. You're in the hole, right? I mean, yes, so there you go. The, the Golden Knights already hit a home run. So, you know, now now someone else is up to bat, and, and, and Raiders, you're on deck. So, 
you got to make it happen. But uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Ed Grady, Ari Mayrov, Vic Tafer, Cam Rogers, and Paloma Villacana will grace the airways between now and 5 o'clock. We have some giveaways. Plus, I want you to hear something that Freddie Coleman had to say last night. Actually, both of us had to say every time we finish up that show, we do this segment called The Last Word. And it's just, basically it's anything. Whatever's on your mind, you're able just to, to riff on it. And so you'll hear that at some course of the show, uh, myself and Freddie Coleman, uh, back-to-back on the last word, and he gives a lot of props to Las Vegas, and so I think that it's really good to hear. So uh, we'll get to that at some point throughout the course of the show. Again, Ed Graney, Ari Mayrov, Vic Tafer, Cam Rogers, and Paloma Villacana all coming up on the show before 5 o'clock. Now that you know the guests on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And before we jump into the opening drive, I want to go ahead and share a message that we just got on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R from Sir Whiskey Ray. Say Q, happy Wednesday, big congratulations to the city of Las Vegas. Wow, the cup is in Vegas. The Golden Knights got it done and this fantastic season with the cup. I hope you're not feeling too tired from drinking that champagne after last night's historic win. Laughing my ass off. That's all I got for today. Just want to send a special shout-out to the city of Vegas, the Golden Knights organization, and more importantly, the fans. Mad respect. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, I'm feeling great. I didn't go outside. I didn't leave the house. The celebration happened all night long. I was in the house working. That's all I did. I observed the, the celebration from a distance. I wanted to make sure that, uh, well, I had to get my job done. <laughs> I had plenty of work to do, so that was one thing. But I just knew that there was no reason for me to be involved in all that celebration and all that. I, I, I didn't need to go out there and be a part of that. Uh, now, when the parade happens, of course, uh, us as a radio station network, the Las Vegas Sports Network, that's Fox Sports Las Vegas, that's ESPN Las Vegas, that's 1230 The Game, and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920, we'll be all over that parade like a glove. We'll have that thing covered. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. And I don't know if anyone's said anything or it's been announced or anything, but I believe it's going to happen on Saturday. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. There was a lot of speculation that it's going to happen on Friday, but uh, I've been told that it's going to happen on Saturday, but there's still no time. And, uh, and if I wasn't supposed to say that, then you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that from me. But – Let's go ahead and get into the opening drive, 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Watching all the celebrations, hearing from all the people that have been here in Las Vegas for a long time and saw the Golden Knights and know what they mean to this community, especially after the October 1 uh, tragedy and the way that they helped this community come together and heal. All I could do is just smile and be happy for everyone involved. Just like Sir Whiskey Bray said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, happy for the fans, mad respect. Of course, it got me thinking immediately about the Raiders. I mean, as soon as as soon as the horn went off, as soon as you heard, I got about 10 text messages like, all right, Q, are the Raiders up next? And I was like, man, wouldn't that be awesome? Right? I mean, Las Vegas, to hit the trifecta, it, it, all it takes is the Raiders to handle their business. But it did get me to thinking about a simple question. What would it mean to you? What would it mean to you, Raider Nation? Now that you've seen all these celebrations happening here in Las Vegas, what would it mean to you to see your silver and black your Raiders hoist the next trophy here in Vegas. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. I'm not going to say it's happened next year. But just if they were to come up and win the next championship, to, and it doesn't matter how many you've seen them win. Maybe you've been around and you saw the Raiders win all three. Maybe you haven't seen any, right? But what would it mean to you? What would a Raiders championship mean to you? That's the question that I throw out there, 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. And also to piggyback on that, 
Do you feel like there's something that the Raiders could take away from what the, 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 the Aces have done and the Golden Knights did last night? Is there anything that you feel like the Raiders could learn from them and, and take into account and, and, and put it to, to work for them, to, to help themselves get to that next stage? Obviously, they're attempting to build a team. We know that. They have some good building pieces, like a Max Crosby, like a Devontae Adams, like a Josh Jacobs, like a Colton Miller. Right? There's some, definitely some good pieces to, to like. They have some young guys on the defensive side of the ball that they're expecting to make a, a, a big step you know, in, in 2023 and beyond to be a really good team. But is there anything in particular that you saw or you heard from the Aces, from the Golden Knights, that you think that the Raiders could, you know, learn from and take and put into their own daily walk as they try to get a championship for that organization, the fourth one in Raider history? Look, the players have all been around – the T-Mobile Arena, they were all in attendance at a, a lot of the Stanley Cup Finals. Hell, I'm sure there was some of them that were there last night, if not all of them. I'm sure a bunch of them were there last night. And so at least they see what winning a championship looks like. I think that that's part of it, Ari. I think that just just being able to taste it and see it, you know, just, just to be a part of it. I remember last year when the Aces, when they won and they had their parade, Darren Waller was on, on, the, on the bus, right? All the players were on the big bus going down the strip. He was up there, and I thought, wow. You know, he's, he's getting a little taste of what it's like to be a champion. And, and again, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that he's going to go and also play at a higher level. But when you're a part of something that's special, sometimes you really want to be a part of something. You, want, you know what I mean? You want that for yourself. So I'm, just, I'm thinking with all the, the group of players and coaches that saw what the Golden Knights were able to do, saw how they were able to do it. I mentioned this the other day on the show. They were the least penalized team. Least penalty minutes all season long in hockey. And then you look at the Florida Panthers, and what did they do? They tried to beat the hell out of the Golden Knights, right? They tried to, they tried to, they tried to play bully ball. And the Golden Knights were disciplined. They didn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Every time that they, they tried to bait them into a bad penalty or, or get some you know, penalty minutes, the Golden Knights didn't fall for it, right? And so that, was, that just showed discipline. So I'll say right there, if there's anything – that the Raiders could take away from what the Golden Knights was, was just be disciplined. Play disciplined ball, right? And I know right now I'm probably getting a text at 69187, keyword R&R. Yeah, but the referees don't hate the Golden Knights. They hate the Raiders. I get it. I get it. I understand the narrative. I understand. Go ahead, Arya. Some might disagree with I'm not speaking. I'm speaking for fans and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But I read a lot of stuff. A lot of people might disagree with that at times. So Where they think that the, the referees hate the Golden Knights Certain too? times. And this is, you know, where my hockey uh, expertise kind of trails. But I, So I can't really get in particulars. But I've, yeah. I've heard there's situations kind of – where it's like, I don't know, what was, you know. I think all fan little... bases feel a certain way about officials. Yeah. And especially the last few years when they've been so bad. And, you know, there's, there's never been a time where I just come in and I just hammer the officials. But, man, I'll tell you, and I don't care what sport it is, the last couple of years, officiating has been terrible. Refereeing, umpiring, whatever you want to call it, it's been bad. It's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, know if board, it's, yep. I don't know if it's replay's fault or what it is, but, man, the officiating in all sports, in my opinion, has been horrendous the last couple years, so and it's probably only going to get worse. But I'll go back. Like I said, discipline is something that I look at and say, if there's anything, if they could take one little thing away from what the Golden Knights were able to do, I would say it's, it's have that sense of discipline. If you have that sense of discipline, just like we talked all last season, last offseason, leading into training camp, leading into the regular season, leading into preseason, all that good stuff that, you know, you, you can't beat yourself. you you got to learn how not to lose before you learn how to win, right? I mean, again, that became a, a, a broken record because we talked about it so much in great length 
last uh, last training camp, and especially in training camp because that's when uh, that first that conversation first came up, and then we saw what they did all preseason where they played really well, no turnovers, very few penalties. But it wasn't the starters; it was backups. And so when the starters got in there, they just reverted back to their old ways, and that wasn't good. That wasn't good enough. And the Raiders traditionally lead the league in penalties, are up there in the top top you know five six of the league in penalties each and every year, and just shooting themselves in the foot. So I would say a sense of discipline, if I'm going to say anything, that they could take away. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Two things. What can the Raiders take away from the championship runs that both the Aces and the Golden Knights have gone on here in Las Vegas right in front of their eyes? And then two, what would a Raider championship mean to you? Like, have you been around for any other Raider championship? Would this be brand new to you? Would you not know how to act? I mean, would you? how would you feel? Right? Because I'll tell you right now, Ari, I've never, I've never had a chance to celebrate a Raiders championship. I'm 46, damn near 47 years old. I've never had a chance to, to experience that. I remember when the Warriors won their first championship. I was still in Texas. But you know how much that meant to me? That meant the world to me. As a young dude from the Bay Area, all I knew is that the Warriors stunk, right? I know that they have a history of winning, of winning championships back in the day, but that was 40 years prior, right? I wasn't thinking about the Warriors at that, at that point. When they won that first championship, man, I, first of all, I was at the edge of my seat. I was not ever missing a minute of any action. And, you know, being in, in, in Texas, I was two hours. It was two hours later for me. I didn't care if it was midnight, one, two in the morning. I had to stay up to. I didn't care. I wasn't missing nothing. I don't care. I mean, I'm glad that I'm older. But, I, look, if, if the wife had been getting ready to have a baby, I'd have been like, look, I'll catch up to you <laughs> later at the hospital. I got to watch this game. Right? There was nothing that was more important to me than watching the Warriors on their run to, make the, to win that championship. And when they won it, it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it, and to the point I even got a little angry when they signed KD because I was like, no, this team is fantastic. They don't need that guy. Well, I mean, obviously they did. They went and won two more with them. But still, I, it, just, it was so special to see that, and that was really the, the, the first championship in a long time. My only other championship that I've ever, ever celebrated in my life, again, 46 going on 47, was the A's when they won in 89, and I'm a big A's fan. It's another subject. Let's not get into that one. But still, you know, I mean, like, I remember how dominant they were and how, how excited I was, and especially Ricky Henderson being my favorite athlete of all time, my favorite player. I was, I mean, I wasn't missing anything, right? And, and man, felt good about everything that happened. There was no earthquake that was going to stop those A's, right? That's what, that's, I mean, and, and that was, the, that was the, the tragedy that happened during the World Series. But it's just like, at the end of the day, the, the, the A's winning that championship at least helped, you know, half the fan bases heal because the other side of the bay was San Francisco, who lost, but it still, you know, they still had the, the, the earthquake issue that had gone on and was, a, was a, a big time loss for a lot of people, tragedy, highway dropping and everything. I mean, that was some wild times that I was so young at that point, I didn't even know what was going on at the time. I was outside playing baseball in the street when that earthquake hit. I had no idea that, you know what I mean? Like, I had no idea what was going on until I knew what was going on and then realized how serious it was. But, man, the A's were the team that, that got it done for me, and then the Warriors got it done for me. And that's really it. That's really it when it comes to championships. Like, I've, I covered Baylor when they won the national championship in basketball, the women and the men. That's cool. But that's not my, you know, Baylor's never been my team. I don't, I don't give a rip about Baylor, right? I mean, that, that was my job. So, it's, for me – if the Raiders were to win a championship, not only is the Ra are the Raiders my job, you know, covering the Raiders for Raider Nation Radio 920 and the podcast and everything else, I mean, that's my job, but still, that's my passion as well. That's my, 
you know, hey, this is awesome. This is my team. This is the guys that I would go and buy tickets on the bridge as I walked across to the Coliseum to go see them, you know, whatever day they were here. And it's just it's, it, it, would, it would be special. I, I don't even really know how I'd act, like what my natural reaction would be because I am so caught up from the work side of things now. But I don't know. It was special when the Warriors won, that's for sure. It, it's got to be – it's interesting too because you think about the fact that they're in Vegas now, so I don't know if that – changes anything like if you're someone out in Oakland or that's been following the team forever right does it matter does that's it, a good point does it make a difference or would you you know in theory would you have uh, just not the same if they were in Oakland it'd be right. different I've been waiting for it forever but yeah but no, then that, again that, I think Raider, no that's a good point though but that's I also think the Raider Nation is so I mean like it's so full-on the passion is there it just doesn't you know if you're a fan of the team at this point they win the Super Bowl you're going crazy it is well I'll tell you this like the peak of your you know what would be awesome if the Raiders were to win the Super Bowl you know how, I mean, with the Golden Knights winning it, I could imagine that parade is going to be insane. But could you mm. imagine if the Raiders won? It's not just going to be Vegas locals that are going to be hanging out, right? Raider Nation would be here. We had a call from Seoul, Seoul uh, Korea. Seoul Korea. Raider That's Rock. Right. Yes, Raider yeah. Rock in Seoul Korea would get on that bird and come right. all the way down for the, the parade, right? I mean, that, I'm serious. Like, Raider yeah. Nation is so large and so wide and so everywhere that if the Raiders were to win, they might have to take a couple days to buffer to allow Raider Nation to come to town. Or maybe, yeah, or do maybe one there, one here. I don't know. No, I think they would just do one big one, but I think they might have to wait an extra day, right? I mean, like <laughs> I said, it's, today's Wednesday. I'm expecting the Golden Knights to be on Saturday. If this, if it were to happen on, a, obviously, a Sunday, I could see the Raiders wait and say, yeah, we're going to wait till, Three till Thursday weekend. or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, we gotta, we'll gotta wait till Thursday or something to have this parade because – the whole Raider Nation's got to be here, and I could just imagine people coming from L.A., from the Bay, from you know out of out of every state, you know Texas, wherever the Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea. We get calls from Cam in Australia. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Raider Nation is literally worldwide, so exactly. they might have to take a couple days to go ahead and let everybody gather up. They'd have to do like uh, remember in, uh, in in Regulators, Regulators, mount up, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all I can hear is, like, someone standing, like Mark Davis standing outside of Allegiant Stadium with a blowhorn or bullhorn. <laughs> Raider Nation! <That's> awesome. <laughs> Mount up. <laughs> right? And everyone's like, hell yeah, here we come. We'll be there in a day, Mark. Right? I can, I can hear it. I can hear it like it's, it's happening right now, and it Epic. makes me excited. I get more fired up just thinking about it. So, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What do you think the Raiders could take away from the Golden Knights and the Aces? What can they learn from them while they were on a championship run? And what would a championship for the silver and black mean to you? 226 is the time. Ed Grady joins us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Bennett looking cross side, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick. And the clincher, Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The captain right there, Mark Stone with the hat trick. Empty netter. Shot that thing down there. That was like the third or fourth attempt he had at it. Finally got it. It was really good. That's what you do. It was a great night to have a great night. That was 8-3. They ended up winning 9-3. 
and hoisting the Stanley Cup. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. To, uh, my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We're efforting Ed Graney from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas. Talk all things Raiders. Talk all things Golden Knights. Uh, we'll get him in a minute or two up on the show. But in the meantime, in between time, I did throw the question out there at 69187, keyword R&R. What do you think that the Raiders could learn from both the Aces and the Golden Knights as they went on championship runs? What can the Raiders take away from that? And also... What would a Raiders championship mean to you? I don't know your age. I don't know how many you've seen, how many you want to see, how many you heard about. But what would a Raiders championship mean to you? Again, 69187, keyword R&R. We'll hit a couple texts as, uh, while we're waiting on Ed to join the show. Mailman Raiders said, Q, I'd be on the first thing smoking to Vegas if we got a chip. My fandom for the Warriors is massive, and that first chip was a feeling I never felt. I'm a much bigger Raider fan. And, man, if the Raiders got one I may get arrested in Vegas at the parade laughing my ass off. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, I'll tell you, I didn't know how I was going to act with the Warriors. I really didn't. You know, but knowing that it was 40 years in the making and knowing all the Warrior games I had gone to to see the other team because the Warriors weren't very good. But I knew how special that they could be. And, and we saw glimpses of them being good, this run TMC, and, you know, certain players that came through like Chris Weber here and there. Latrell Sprewell is a big fan of him. Mitch Richmond was fantastic. Right? I mean, there was a lot of good players that came through and played for the Warriors. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still to this day mad about the draft day trade for Vince Carter and Antoine uh, Jameson. That one still makes me angry. But that's a whole another conversation. But for the most part, man, I would go to the, to the Coliseum to see Gary Payton come to town. Jason Kidd come to town, the Lakers come to town, MJ come to town, Allen Iverson. I once went to a Warrior game by myself on BART just to see Allen Iverson play, right? And he cooked him. He cooked him, man. He was, he was the answer for real, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a reason why they call him the answer. But that was the thing, man. For the longest, there was a time, and people don't believe me, but anyone who's from the Bay knows there was a time when you could get two-for-one tickets. They used to walk around and sell and give get these brochures. It was like a package that you could buy. Like it was almost like a, a raise money thing type, Ari, where you can you could raise money and you, you'd buy these, these packages and you can get two-for-one tickets. And there was a couple games that they had crossed off that you couldn't get, get the two-for-one tickets in. But for the most part, they were all the games and any seat. So me and my boy Corey used to always go and go halves on like almost courtside seats. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it wasn't that expensive. Not anymore. No, man. <laughs> no, hell no. Yeah, you know what I mean? Nosebleeds like that. Right, exactly. I mean, the money it costs to get into the Chase Center, I've never been to the Chase Center, but the money that it costs to get in there, even getting into the Coliseum in the, the last few years was a ton of money, right? Because they were a winning team and the, the tickets were high demand. But there was a time, brother, I remember my boy Daniel was sitting up in there. The Warriors were playing. Who were they playing? I think they were – was it the Lakers? I think it was the Lakers because I had a Dennis Rodman jersey on that day. And so that's when he was with the Lakers right at the end of his career. And my boy Daniel was up in, like, the third deck, and uh, he had texted me. It was like, or, or somehow he had reached me and said, hey, are you here? And I was like, yeah, man, me and Corey are down here courtside. And so, so we took a picture of where we were and sent it to him. And, and man, he was like, how the hell did y'all get there? I said, man, it's those two-for-one tickets, brother. And he was up in the third deck or the upper, upper area of the Coliseum while we were down, down low. But that's that was the old days, man. They don't they don't have nothing like that. Any they're never gonna have that again at the Coliseum. So keep those texts coming, keep those calls coming, seven oh two three six five nine two hundred and the don't be broke dot com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. So this one's from the six two six Q. I live in LA and not if 
but when the silver and black confetti call, falls on the strip, I'll be on the I'll be the first person there and the last person to leave the victory parade. I can't wait. Go Raiders. That's for the six two six. How about this one from the seven oh seven? Uh, Q, you hit the nail on the head. Let's hope they take away from these championship discipline. I also hope it lights a fire under their behinds to not be the one Vegas team that just can't do it. That's one thing that may separate the prior Raider, Raider winning teams from the more recent, that fire to win that burns. Ask the OGs like Lester and the rest. I was around barely, but was around for the prior Super Bowl wins, uh, but wasn't a, um but was around for the prior Super Bowl wins. It's indescribable and just inspires each day as a fan. There you go. That's from the 707. I know I butchered that a little bit, but uh, thank you so much for that text. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I do hope that, that the Raiders take some discipline away from the championships that, that they've seen with the Aces and, and, and the Golden Knights. But I, I do hope it inspires them. I hope it does light a fire under them and say, hey, I, I want that to be us as well. Right? These guys have pride. You know, Devontae Adams wants to be a winner. He's talked about wanting to, to win a Super Bowl and bring, you know, bring a Super Bowl to the to the organization. So that, you know, that's that's something that when you get a guy like that, you get a guy like Max. We all know how determined Max Crosby is. <laughs> Max wants to win more than anybody probably, right? I mean, that's that's just who that guy is. So, yeah, I mean, if that lights a little bit of a fire under them, uh, lights a little bit of a fire under Coach McDaniels as well, I think that that can only be – a good thing, but keep those come, keep those texts coming at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. And when we don't have a guest, you can always call in at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. But right now, we do have a guest. Our good friend Ed Grady from the Review Journal and also ESPN Las Vegas joins us now. And Ed, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. And you've been on the Vegas Golden Knight beat for well the whole playoff run, and it ends with a championship last night at T-Mobile Arena. What was this like, man? What was this run like, and and, and the way that it ended, and what does it mean for the city, the city of Las Vegas? Um, yeah, Q, it mean, I think it means a lot for the city. You know, I was around these guys the first year. Uh, there's six of them left, six misfits left. And that first year uh, was a really special bond that they created with the city after the shooting. And the city fell in love with them then. Um, this is a much better team. You know, that team got to the final and, and lost to Washington in five games. But this is a much, much better team. So I think it kind of came all full circle for them um, to be able to come back and to, and to win it this time. And that's a special thing. There were over 19,000 people in the building the other night. It was a record crowd, thousands and thousands of more outside of Toshiba Plaza. So I think they got their little taste of it that first year, and now these six kind of helped get them back there, and now they're Stanley Cup champions. So I thought it was, it was a pretty special moment for those guys and for really the entire team in the organization. Yeah, I think so as well. And I really love that you know Bill Foley said in six years, we're going to hoist the Stanley Cup. Like, that's the expectations. There's no excuses. That's the standard. How big was that when he came out and made that statement when the team was born? Well, I don't know if anyone thought Bill was a little crazy or not um, <laughs> because it was an expansion team, and expansion teams always lose. Right. Um, so nobody really, I think, you know, even Kelly McCrimmon said last night, you know, they kind of took it as tongue-in-cheek, uh, the GM said last night when Bill said it, because, you know, you, that just doesn't happen now. You know there were there were some new expansion rules that helped them with the draft. Uh, they got you know they got probably better players than past expansion teams would have, uh, but they still had to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, so a lot of good things happened from that you know that first year. Um, but yeah, when Bill said that, um, I don't know if many people believed him, but you know he's he seems pretty prophetic today because they won in six. So he said last night he's gonna wait a few months before he makes any more predictions. I don't think Bill's <laughs> going to make any more predictions anytime soon. I think this one worked out fine for him. 
Yeah, it really did. And, you know, I mean, it, when he said that, people probably thought he was crazy. But, Ed, it, it, it takes a little bit of crazy, and it's okay sometimes to put yeah. that kind of, you know, that kind of expectations out there. And not only that, they took some gambles. They took some chances on some, on some questionable moves. People didn't think that every move they made was great. But it worked out. And so sometimes as organizations, professionally or even collegiately, sometimes, Ed, you just got to take some chances. Yeah, they did. And, you know, they, they, they really uh, did nothing that they wanted to apologize for. They got rid of some very, very popular names uh, in that organization. Marc-Andre Fleury, Nate Schmidt, Ryan Reeves, others that were really popular players in this town. And I think that's kind of how the town has grown as hockey fans and as sports fans and knowledgeable fans. You know, um, this is a business. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to make really hard decisions and move on from people that are beloved in a town. And I don't know if everyone really bought into that or, or understood that when they, things like this happened. Um, but it's certainly, the championship certainly validates all that McPhee, uh, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon did to build this team. You know, that's one thing you can say about Bill Foley. Like, he'll give them every resource to, to build a winner. Um, and, and that has to feel good if you're, you're president of hockey operations or if you're a general manager that you know your owner is 100% behind you and is going to give you all the resources to win. So that did happen, and I think it validates those guys, um, you know, uh, somewhat that, you know, their moves worked out and they built this winner. And, you know, they can look back and say, yeah, it was tough moving on from some of those guys and the names and, and the popular players that were in town with the original Misfits. Um, but it certainly worked out in the end. Yeah, it did. You hoist that Stanley Cup. That's that. That's all the validation you need there. Again, Ed Graney from review from the Review Journal, Las Vegas Review Journal is our guest. Also, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, is here with us on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. So, one of the questions I threw out there for Raider Nation, Ed, was, "What do you think the Raiders could learn? What can they take away from the championship run that the Aces went on, and now the championship run that the Golden Knights have gone on?" So, I ask you the same question: Is there something that the Raiders could take away from what they were able to do? Well, it's interesting. I mean, win. Um, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that, that, that's the number one thing, obviously, win enough and, and, and try to put yourself in a position that those two teams did. Um, I, you know, I just, you and I have talked about this before. Um, Super Bowl is a massive, massive thing. And I think if they won a Super Bowl, it'd be massive in, in Las Vegas. But they're just never going to have the relationship with the town that the Golden Knights have. And that's not anything wrong with the Raiders or against the Raiders. Right. It's just that relationship this town has because of when those guys came will always be really, really special. Uh, it'll be, you know, more special than anything and, and more special than the Aces, and the Aces did a great job winning their championship. So it's kind of different in terms of those two those teams and everyone else with the Golden Knights. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, I, look, anytime you win the Super Bowl, no matter where you're at, it's a massive thing. So if they could ever get to that point again, um, you know, I guess we'd have another huge parade that we're going to have Saturday night. Right, exactly. You know, one of the things that I, I pointed out, Ed, and, and I would love to get your thoughts on it is uh, the Golden Knights were very disciplined all year long, very disciplined. Florida, they tried to come in and they tried to play bully ball, and it just obviously didn't work, and the Golden Knights didn't fall for it when they tried to egg them on, none of that stuff. Could the Raiders possibly take discipline away from what the Golden Knights were able to do? Um, interesting because of the sports they play, right. um, you know, uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy said, sometimes you just have to take a punch in the face. Um, <laughs> right. and he kind of drilled that into his players. Like, you know, that's why they were the least penalized team in the league. And we know the Raiders, that hasn't been the case. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you could take that as, as a lesson. I, I don't know if you can change a culture, um, that fast. Maybe you can, maybe Josh McDaniels could change that culture and they could, you know, the discipline could be, uh, more in tune with something like that. 
But Cassidy really drilled it into those guys, and when you're the least penalized team in the league, that really helps when you stay out of the box and you're not giving teams power plays, and you know instead you're the ones get you know drawing penalties and getting power plays. You saw what happened. I mean, um, and you know their you know their penalty killer special teams was amazing. I mean, the Raiders could take something obviously from the night special teams and how great they were. Um, but different sports, I think, yeah. and different le- different levels of discipline, and you know h- how you play each sport. Um, but you can say that the Knights were definitely a disciplined team. You got that right. Yeah, they were, and I was very impressed by that. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So now for the city of Las Vegas, having two championships, one in the WNBA and now one in the NHL with the Golden Knights, what is the narrative around the city? Like, What is the storyline about the city of Las Vegas now? Well, that it's you know it's becoming one of the sports capitals of the world, and you know, and they're bringing champions to it. And I think you know we're we're seeing with the A's uh, that's probably going to happen. Um, we we all believe that within four or five years there could be a, an expansion NBA team here. Um, I think it just gets bigger and bigger. It'll be interesting to see if the 40th market can handle all of it. Um, you know, that's going to be a fascinating uh, tale to tell because I do think that that's what's going to happen. Um, but just that, you know, champions breed success. And I think if you're the Raiders and, and other teams and you see what the Golden Knights said, you want that to happen. You saw how the city responded. You want to feel that. You want to feel that, you know, success and that level of, uh, of pride uh, with your organization. So it, can't, it can only be a good thing when your, team, when your town wins championships. That's what, um, that's what it, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, it can't, be a, it can't be a bad thing no matter, you know, if you're the Raiders and you're, you know, whether you're struggling to win or you're not winning enough or whatever, it can't be a bad thing to kind of look at look across town and see a team that won it all and try to kind of mimic them in, in certain ways. Uh, that, that can never be a bad thing. Does it, in your opinion, light up a little bit of a fire, maybe under Coach McDaniels, maybe under the players? We know Max Crosby always has fire. Devontae always has fire. But now that they've seen it kind of up close and personal, get a little bit of taste without it being them, could that light them up a little bit? Yeah, I sure hope it would. Um, you know, you, I know, I know a lot of the players would go at were at games. I know um, uh, uh, Cole and Carlson were there last night. I don't know if anyone else was from the team, but there's pictures of them floating out there. Um, Carlson had his jersey on. Um, I know Devontae's been at games. He he uh, did the siren at one of the games. Yeah. Um, so there have been Raiders, you know, around uh, Golden Knights games, and vice versa. I mean, you know, you and I have been at Raider games where they show Golden Knights on the screen. Right. So there is a relationship at some level between the teams and the players. And yeah, I mean, if if if, if seeing another team in your town win a championship doesn't light a fire under you, I, I don't know what will. Um, you know, what 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 could be bigger than watching a team? You know, you know, two miles down the road from Allegiant Stadium or a mile down the road from Allegiant Stadium win a win a Stanley Cup. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know it's an exciting time, my man. I was I was at the house kind of watching everything, doing some radio and just soaking it all in and uh, happy to be here, man. It's it's only been a couple years and I've seen two championships already. So uh, like yep. I said, like I said last night, Raiders, you're up next. You're on deck. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, turn. they, they uh, if they take some lessons from the other teams and and get it going and who knows, who knows, maybe we're talking about a third championship. Yeah, it would be nice. I'll tell you that. It would be really, really nice. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff as always. Great coverage of the Golden Knights throughout the whole journey and the whole playoff run and everything. It's been fantastic. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, more Golden Knights, Q. It's not going to stop now <laughs> that they won. Um, we're just going to keep covering them, and you know, people are uh, eating this stuff up, and you know, they want to know much as much as possible about this team and these players, and as they go forward with the cup, and you know, each each guy gets the cup for a day, and how they're going to spend their time with it, and uh, yeah, the parade, and uh, just keep covering Golden Knights for now.
There you go. I'm not mad at you. Well, I know that if at the very least I'll see you on Saturday uh, somewhere yep. around the parade, somewhere that evening. We'll have all hands on deck. We'll have a lot of fun yep. at the same time. Well, Ed, thanks so much, man. It's great catching up with you. I appreciate right, you. Thanks, Q. Take care. All right, my man, there he goes, Ed Graney from the RJ, the Review Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter, at Ed Graney, doing a fantastic job covering the Golden Knights and always does a great job covering the Silver and Black as well. 2.47 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back. Got tons of text to get to at 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Asked about the number one player in the NFL, with very little hesitation, you said, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that. Yeah. That's easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? (laughs) It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase right there. Shouting out his guy. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Talking about Joey B, Joe Burrow. Even though when asked who the best quarterback in the league, Joey B Joe Burrow said Patrick Mahomes. And there's multiple reasons for that, but I like that. I like that little uh, rivalry that's being built up between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And as long as they keep the mayor of Cincinnati out of it, I'll be good. The mayor of Cincinnati don't be need to say anything about Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs or anybody. Just keep his mouth shut, sit behind that desk, and do what he do. Right? That's what he needs to do because he wrote a, a check last, uh, last playoffs that his backside couldn't cash. I'll just put it out there like that. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness coming up at the top of the hour. Ari Mayroff, 33rdteam.com. He'll take us all around the NFL. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask him what he thought about Joey B talking about Pat Mahomes and Jamar Chase firing back saying Joey B is the best in the league. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks in the AFC. Regardless of where you put them first, second, or third, there's some dudes. And I'll tell you this. I know Josh Allen gets a lot of love, and he's on the cover of Madden uh, this year. I don't even think he's really up there, right? I think he's a good quarterback. But, man, he turned the ball over a whole hell of a lot of times last season. Like 23 turnovers, like 17 interceptions, seven fumbles. That's a lot of turnovers. So as much as Josh Allen is a really good quarterback, and I know Buffalo has a lot of high expectations, part of Stephon Diggs and his situation might be all them damn turnovers that are going on with Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills. But Ari Mayrov will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll ask him about that. Right now, I'm asking you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r If the Raiders were to win a championship, they were the next ones here in Las Vegas to hoist the, the Lombardi. How would you feel? What would that make you feel like? That's one of the questions that I have. And then the also, the other question, probably the more important question, what do you think the Raiders could take away from what the Aces did on their championship run and what the Golden Knights did on their championship run that got they got sealed the deal. They sealed the deal on it last night. And my big thing, my big takeaway was discipline. I think that's first and foremost. If they take away anything, it's got to be discipline. But I want to hear from you at 69187, keyword r and also 702-365-9200. Vegas Pete said, JT said the parade is Saturday at 7 p.m. I'd love to see the Raiders win it all, but we need Andy Reid to quit and Mahomes take a sabbatical. Having the best team in the NFL in your division makes it a tough climb. That's Vegas Pete. And, uh, yeah, I had heard about uh, maybe 7 o'clock, maybe 6.30, something like that. I also heard that they wanted to do it a little bit earlier in the day on Saturday, so I wasn't 100% sure. So thanks for that, Vegas Pete. I appreciate that. And, uh, like I said, everyone here at the radio station, LV Sports Network, period, we're all – going to have something to say about that parade and be all over that parade, covering it from many different angles on Saturday. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. And I'll say this, man, the, the division is tough. You're right. 
the Chiefs are in the division. The Chargers are in the division, even though they haven't won anything. But you know that they're supposed to be a good team. The Broncos you expect to be really good. But you know what? You go out and play the games. You go out there and you compete, you fight, you scratch, you claw, and you win games. Nobody in the NBA thought that the Heat were going to be in the finals, and they were, right? It was supposed to be, and this is what I said, on national radio, it's either going to be Boston or it's going to be Milwaukee, and it wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't. So saying that the Chiefs are in the division, it makes it too tough, it doesn't. It's just it's a hell of a fight. The Raiders got to do it. Ari Mayrov joins us next. It's Raiders Radio 920.